0: Welcome to the Sports Garden Network podcast, your source for sports entertainment, incredible sports wagering intelligence. Welcome, sports fans! This is Wagering Week. I'm Tom Barton. That's right, we are Wagering Week. Facebook and Twitter—that's how you get in touch with us. It is Sports Garden G A R T E N hashtag S G N eight five five the number four G A R T E N iTunes iHeartRadio any are our fine syndicated affiliates. That is where you can hear us. And we have a huge show today. Look, we are in the middle. I call this the middle. A lot of people like to bet the Super Bowl. A lot of people love to bet March Madness, of course. And in the middle, we have February. But this is the money-making middle. Do not discount this month. So we're going to get into that. We're going to get into where we can make some money. I know we concentrated a lot on the NBA last week. We got a lot of responses from you guys. And please, keep sending those emails and all of those responses. We did get a lot from you guys that were asking, hey, what about the NHL, right? Can you guys do the NHL? Absolutely, we can. So absolutely, no problem. We will get... Into the NHL, some against the spread numbers. There, who do I think moving forward will be really a, a team that we can kind of pay attention to? A few spots that maybe some prop plays that we can make money on. We'll get into all of that as well. Um, we do have a lot to get into today, even though we are sort of in that area. I want to talk a little college basketball. It's coming down to the time where we're starting to see the separation, we're starting to kind of figure out okay. How many teams can legitimately win this thing? And really, who should we be paying attention to? This is a good time to kind of refocus yourself on who is going to be not only really making a push for the tournament, but who can actually surprise in the tournament. So we're going to get into that as well. But we do have to start it off with the NFL. And when we're talking about the NFL, uh, we have to start it off by the quarterback conversation. I know a lot of guys right now, are really trying to bank on some futures plays, and I get it. I'm a guy that absolutely loves futures plays. I look at the futures market, and I think that there's always some value to be had, and you can pick your spots. I I can boldly claim that I am one of the best futures players in America. I've done it year after year, live on the air, actually. I've said it year after year. So when I start to talk about futures plays, it's because it's from a place of knowledge, but it's also a place of a passion. I I do enjoy futures plays. And we went over last week, um, you know, a couple of the futures plays kind of that started off. And we're talking about MVP. We're talking about, you know, the NFL MVP odds that came out. Oh, man, you know what? Uh, Those are fun to, to grab onto. Super Bowl odds, of course. But this year, as much as any I can remember, you know, there is a lot of speculation of big-name guys moving places, but there's also a lot of idea of, well, those guys might not go anywhere. And we're talking about the big names, and I think we are talking about a lot of the big names more because this draft class is pretty weak when you're talking about front-line quarterback play. Now, I know everybody's going to talk about Malik, and, and sure, he can probably go in the top 10 and probably be someone's answer, although most people, and most people I speak to, draft experts, believe that he legitimately is a guy that you go, yeah, probably not not going to be ready next year. So maybe he's a sit-down guy. Maybe he's a Trey Lance. Um, You have a guy like Howell. You have, you have two or three, a picket. You have two or three guys, and just because of the nature of the quarterback position are probably going to go in that first round, but overall, you know, can I say that they don't seem like overall difference makers? I mean, is that a fair assessment? I think so. I think that's a fair assessment that they're not overall big time difference makers as far as the sports betting public is concerned. I don't think Pickett going to somewhere or Howell or um, Malik or I don't think any of them, um, you know, are going to go somewhere and really move the market. You know, Willis isn't going to land you know, with Pittsburgh and all of a sudden people are going to love the Steelers. No. So the nature of the business is that, okay, well, who needs starting quarterbacks? You know, who are the the teams out there that are going to need starting quarterbacks? And then we go a little bit deeper than just the need of the starting quarterback. And we delve into the area of who could be a difference maker at starting quarterback, because that's what we care about. Who needs a starting quarterback? Well, we can have that conversation, but who will get one that matters, well, that's a completely different conversation. Because once you get out of the conversation that we are going to get into, and that's the big names, now you start to delve into the Mitch Trubinsky's of the world, the James Winstons of the world, the Marcus Mariota's of the world. And there are plenty of second-tier guys. And, and I'm calling them second-tier guys because that's what they are. They're really backups that may get forced into a starting role. Now, they may succeed. Okay? You can have a backup jump into a starting role and play out and be a successful backup or now a successful starter, sure. But they are definitely a secondary guy. They are not someone that's going to move the betting needle. But we do have some guys that will move the betting needle. And we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and Deshaun Watson. Those are the three big names that can move the betting needle. But before we go into them, Let's talk, take a look at, and really see who needs a quarterback. And I'm not talking about people that need quarterback depth where, you know, Josh Allen clearly needs somebody to back him up. All right, well, he had Trubinski, now he does no, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm saying who can walk into a starting role from a better's mindset and really shift the lines, right? Or how, how can their future's odds be impacted? Well, Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, and Jets all have their quarterbacks of now and their fan bases are hoping for the future, right? Allen. Mac Jones, Tua, I know a Dolphins fan are up in the air about Tua, but they've committed to him, and Wilson. So nothing in the AFC East. Over in the North, yeah, Burrow's the guy without question. Lamar Jackson's the guy without question. There are some questions about Baker Mayfield. But unless Aaron Rodgers or Watson or Wilson are walking through that door, it's probably going to be Baker. I don't think that they can take a shot at a rookie, and if they do, it's not going to vastly you know, improve their lines, if anything, it'll probably hurt them. Pittsburgh's the team that needs a quarterback. We'll circle Pittsburgh as one. Tennessee, a lot of Tennessee fans want (laughs) to make a switch. They don't believe that Ryan Tannehill's the guy, but he's the guy. Carson Wentz, he may not be the guy there in Indianapolis. That's something to watch, but as of right now, he's the guy. Houston's going to need a quarterback. Well, maybe not. Maybe live with Davis Mills. Trevor Lawrence is the guy in Jacksonville. So you have a lot of question marks in the South, but I don't think any real needle mover question marks. Patrick Mahomes is the guy. They're going to stick with Carr in Las Vegas. Obviously, Herbert's the guy. And Denver's the question mark. So Denver and Pittsburgh are the two needle movers, we'll call them. Going to the NFC. Dak is the guy. Jalen Hurts, whether you like him or not, he's the guy in in Philadelphia without a question. The New York Giants are running this back with Daniel Jones. Washington could be a needle mover. So that's three. The Detroit Lions, they're going with Jared Goff. The Bears have Justin Fields. Minnesota, we'll, we'll talk about Kurt Cousins, but I, I think Cousins is staying. And then the Packers, we don't know. It's either going to be Jordan Love or they're going to re sign Aaron Rodgers. They're not kind of going to go into the market for somebody big. You may get a Trubisky there, right? You may get a Winston there, somebody like that. But it's, again, it's not going to be a needle mover in the positive direction. If anything, Rodgers leaves, and it almost doesn't matter who fills in his shoes. Tampa Bay, much of the same. That's a spot where they need a quarterback. New Orleans could use a quarterback. I think they're going to stick with what they know. Atlanta and Carolina. Carolina's got Sam Donald right here. So you do have some in the South that you could have. And then Stafford, Murray. Murray, despite all the, he took his things off the of social media, we don't have to worry about. San Francisco obviously has Trey Lance and Garoppolo right now. And then Seattle has Russell Wilson, who might want to leave town. So the AFC is generally secure, okay? I think Pittsburgh and Denver are the two watch spots. I'm not really watching Houston because, again, like I said, unless Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers are going there, I don't think Houston's odds are really going to switch. Indianapolis is something to pay attention to. Um, Carson Wentz leaving would open up a door for somebody to come in, but it would also open up an opportunity for somebody to go sign Carson Wentz, who, yes, can play in this league as a starter. Baker Mayfield, the same thing. Um, I think that's something to watch, the Baker Mayfield saga kind of play out in Cleveland. But I don't expect movement. I think opening day, where I stand today, Baker Mayfield's a starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Opening day today, you know, in 2022, I think Carson Wentz is a starting quarterback for Indianapolis. I think Ryan Tannehill is a starting quarterback for Tennessee. I believe Davis Mills is the starting quarterback for Houston. I don't know who the starting quarterback for Denver is, and I have no clue who the starting quarterback for Pittsburgh is. Those are the two watch areas. And here's the thing. I told you guys, I liked Pittsburgh last year. I jumped on Mike Tomlin. I liked them last year. I was big on the Pittsburgh Steelers last year, and it hit. It hit because Mike Tomlin doesn't lose and the market looked at him differently. Well, they are 50 to 1 to win the Super Bowl right now. Still with speculation that Aaron Rodgers might go there because, you know, he was flirting, wink, wink, kind of with Mike Tomlin on the sideline. And there's now speculation because now Brian Flores was brought on as an assistant coach. Brian Flores in Miami wanted Deshaun Watson. The Pittsburgh Steelers absolutely need a starting quarterback. Deshaun Watson makes a lot of sense there. Now, Pittsburgh does not kind of the organization that would go out there and kind of give itself a black eye, but they did deal with the Roethlisberger rumors, we'll call it, or allegations or, uh, you know, allegedly and all that. Pittsburgh Steelers is also an organization that is bigger than the quarterback, so they could sort of hide Watson a little bit and the problems – if they wanted to go down that road. And you do start to see a connection with that road when you bring Brian Flores in as the linebackers coach. It's something to pay attention to. I always thought that they were going to be in this Aaron Rodgers kind of sweepstakes. That's something to pay attention to, as is Denver, obviously. Everyone's got you know memes out there of Aaron Rodgers in a Denver uniform. It just makes the most sense. Look, Denver secured all their wide receivers. They do have a good running back. Uh, they have a young defense. Denver went out and signed, uh, you know, named Aaron Rodgers is one of his best friends, by the way. But Aaron Rodgers' offensive coordinator and the quarterback's coach now is the new offensive coordinator as head coach and offensive coordinator. They're built for Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers leaves, I said it from the start, he's going to Denver. I don't think it's a smart idea, but I think he's going to Denver. So you got Pittsburgh, you got Denver as real question marks in the NFC, It's wide open. And from a better perspective, this is where you got to be really careful. Because the NFC right now is generally the Rams and kind of everyone else. Let's just be honest. And it's not because the Rams just won the Super Bowl. It really is. We don't know who the starting quarterback is next. If you told me Jimmy Garoppolo is starting for the Niners next year, I'm going, maybe they make it back to the Super Bowl. You tell me it's Trey Lance and I'm a Trey Lance fan. I don't know if you make it back with basically a rookie quarterback. I don't think you can. Um, Dallas is always there, but they're always kind of let down. Everybody else has question marks. Everybody else has question marks at major positions. If Green Bay gets Devontae Adams, Desarius Smith, and Aaron Rodgers back, well, Green Bay would be right there, but we also know that Aaron Rodgers is a choke artist, and we don't know what he's going to bring to the table. So, Rodgers leaving is obviously the big impact news. That's that's going to resonate throughout the league, and that, that's going to be it. But there are teams underneath that really, you know, let's be honest. I don't think that they're in the Rodgers sweepstakes. I don't really think they're in the Russell Wilson sweepstakes, if there is a sweepstakes. I don't even know if they're in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. And they're going to have to pick up the pieces with the alternatives. And I'm talking about the Washingtons of the world, right? I'm talking about Tampa Bay. Right, I, I'm going back and I'm talking about potentially Carolina, maybe New Orleans. Who are your you know, secondary guys that you're going to feel comfortable with? Yeah, are you comfortable with Taylor Haneke going back out there? Are you comfortable with Sam Darnold? Are you comfortable with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill? I, you know, I don't think that you are. So guys like Mitch Trubinsky kind of come to the forefront. Maybe someone calls the Bears for a Nick Falls and gets them off the hook. And then you have the speculation that maybe Kirk Cousins will leave. We heard that Minnesota has been contacted already. You know, people wanting to talk to Kirk Cousins. Maybe it's time to kind of cut ties there, but then who fills in for Kirk Cousins? So there's a lot of kind of moving parts here, none of which should really move the needle other than the Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay, the needle drops massively for Green Bay and goes up exponentially for whatever team he goes to. And we're talking about whether it be Denver, whether it be Pittsburgh, uh, no matter where it is going to move and shake the entire betting market. He's about it. I mean, he is about it. The Russell Wilson news we've heard for a while now, but there's not a lot of legs to it as far as the people I've spoken to in Seattle. They don't believe that Russell Wilson's going to go anywhere. He was connected with the Giants. I don't think the Giants are make that move this year, potentially next year. You think Russell Wilson thrives in Washington? I, I don't see Washington all of a sudden becoming that team. You know, a Carolina. Carolina contacted Minnesota for Kirk Cousins, so they're looking to do something in a very winnable division. I think all eyes are kind of on what that division's going to do because all of them, uh, with the exception of Atlanta, who has Matt Ryan, uh, the three teams beside, besides Matt Ryan, quarterback questions. And one of them lands a big quarterback, that's going to be something interesting. So Russell Wilson, sure, he can go somewhere. I, I don't know so necessarily expect him. I, I think Russell Wilson is starting for the Seahawks on game one. There might be some controversy. There might be some headaches. There might be some rumors over the next couple of months, but I think Russell Wilson's starting there. So it leaves us with Deshaun Watson. Now, Deshaun Watson, in my opinion, is vastly overrated. He's 28 and 26 as a starter in his career. Deshaun Watson, somebody I loved in, in college. I thought he was fantastic. He was massively, massively underrated, massively underdraft, massively underappreciated early on. Um, but he's not necessarily a winner. I, I don't think we could look at him as a winner. Now, you put him on some of these teams, and he certainly can win. But Carolina, you, you, all of a sudden, let's say, let's say Deshaun Watson goes to Carolina or New Orleans, right, um, or Washington. Anybody putting Super Bowl money on them? I'm certainly not. I think Washington will be certainly improved. Might be able to push Dallas for a division, not win the Super Bowl. I I think New Orleans will be improved, but they still have nobody to throw the ball to. Carolina will be improved, but no. But if he goes to a team like Tampa, and that's starting to be the rumor, if he goes and lands on a Tampa Bay Bucs team, suddenly you start to go, wait a minute. Tampa Bay is coming off of 13 wins. Tampa Bay, who is in a division that's generally easy, Tampa Bay is in a position that you could really turn around and go, if a Deshaun Watson goes to Tampa Bay, they could certainly win the South. If a Deshaun Watson goes to Tampa Bay, they could certainly get 10, 11, 12 wins, maybe 13 wins if they're healthy. I mean, Deshaun Watson in Tampa Bay becomes scary, and it becomes scary because the NFC is so down. I'm not putting my money on him to win the Super Bowl, but I think Tampa Bay— or a Pittsburgh and a Deshaun Watson suddenly goes, wait a minute, we're going from, hey, they could be a good team to, whoa, wait a minute, this team could be playing in the NFC or the AFC Championship game, respectively. So Deshaun Watson absolutely moves the needle, maybe not enough to bet a Super Bowl, but enough that I kind of like him to win the division, enough that I'll take it if you give me good enough odds to try to hedge against. Which brings us back to Aaron Rodgers, because Aaron Rodgers is really the only needle mover here. Aaron Rodgers is the guy that all sports betting fans are looking at between the the Packers and the Denver Broncos and what? Potentially Pittsburgh does, and where does he land? Well, this week he put out a series of tweets, and it, I, I wrote on Twitter. I said it looked like he was drinking a lot of wine and listening to Chicago, like in the dark, and it when it's raining, and he was missing an ex girlfriend. I mean, it the series of tweets that he put out was just very cryptic, and you know, it, very Aaron Rodgers. The look at me, oh yeah, the speculation, and Aaron Rodgers does things all the time. That is, hey, look at me, everybody. Hey, look at me, everybody. Hey, look at me, everybody. And then he goes in the next day and he goes on the Pat McAfee show and he goes, you know, I don't know why everybody's looking at me. <laughs> I, I, and that's really what happened here. He put out this cryptic tweet where, you know, there was a gap between Randall Cobb and Devonte Adams. That's where Aaron Rodgers usually stands. And he put out a tweet how he appreciates all these people. And most people read it as the Aaron Rodgers goodbye to Green Bay story. You know, and I came out immediately and I came on the air and I was like, that's not what's happening. You don't know Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is just messing with people. And that's exactly what it was. Goes out the next day uh, on Pat McAfee's show and basically he turns around and says, well, you know, uh, I just came off of a, a like a, a week and a half long cleanse. Yeah, OK. And, and I felt like I needed to appreciate people. What? The hell are you talking? I mean, come on. But it's par for the course for Aaron Rodgers right now, right? I mean, this is what it is for Aaron Rodgers. It is, he wants to mess with people, he wants the media fully engaged in every single thing he does he wants everybody looking at his social media at his tweets at his reactions. he wants everybody talking about it everybody up in arms about it everybody everything about it that's what aaron Rodgers wants that's what aaron Rodgers does that's what aaron Rodgers. it's it's all he wants and then when you look at him he goes oh i don't know why everyone's uh you know talking about this and he gets almost surly i've been telling you guys this for 10 years I've been telling you for for 10 years, this is the kind of guy Aaron Rodgers is. And now everyone's sort of seeing it. And I have absolutely nothing to do with his political affiliation, by the way, or his vaccine status. As a matter of fact, I agree with him there. This is just purely a look at me, look at me. It's a child. He's a child. So I don't expect anything different from him. But from a sports betting standpoint, put all that aside and you have to start to say, do you believe Aaron Rodgers is leaving or not? You know, when is he going to? He keeps saying, no, don't worry about it. I'm going to make sure, you know, I leave in a timely manner, not to leave people hanging on and all that. Really? Really, Aaron? Because it's been like two years that you've been, you know, letting us basically dangle on. And I say us, not in a Packers standpoint. I don't even say us in a media standpoint. I say us as a sports betting standpoint. You know, there's even speculation. Oh, Aaron Rodgers will go back to San Francisco. By the way, San Francisco has Jimmy Garoppolo, who was uh, basically an interception away from going to the Super Bowl. They have Trey Lance, who they took in the top five picks. And everyone's going, yeah, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers are going back to San Francisco. Yeah, I don't know about that, guys. (laughs) I I, I think we need to calm down there. But I will say that is a name that I did not mention is Jimmy Garoppolo. For whatever you want to say about Jimmy Garoppolo, his teams win. And you could say his teams win despite him, sure. Um... But Jimmy Garoppolo is an improvement on a lot of these middling teams. When I'm mentioning Mitch Trubinsky, and I'm mentioning Jameis Winston, and I'm mentioning Marcus Mariota, I'll take Garoppolo over all of them. You know, you put Jimmy Garoppolo on the Pittsburgh Steelers, Pittsburgh makes the playoffs again. Pittsburgh may not win the Super Bowl, but Pittsburgh can make the playoffs. You put Jimmy Garoppolo on the Washington, whatever we're calling them, I, I can't call them the new name, the Washington football team, you put Jimmy Garoppolo on Washington, I think they're better than Philly and the Giants. You book Jimmy Garoppolo uh, you know, on the Carolina Panthers. He's the starting quarterback, and Carolina's got a shot at the South. Jimmy Garoppolo on the Tampa Bay Bucks, following Brady, kind of what Belichick wanted to do. I think Tampa Bay makes the playoffs again. So Jimmy Garoppolo, in a betting standpoint, may not move the Super Bowl needle, because I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo-led team is winning the Super Bowl. But Jimmy Garoppolo, on a... Giant Spectrum might get your team to the playoffs. He might be, he might get you a team the over when you're talking about wins. And that's something to pay attention to. When we start seeing the odds come out, we're talking about the odds coming out for win totals for every team and the odds coming out for who's going to win a division, right? When we start seeing those come out, Jimmy Garoppolo being on another team gives me more increased value and gives me more confidence to take that team than most of these middling backups. If you're under the belief like I am that Russell Wilson is not going anywhere, then it's up to Aaron Rodgers, potentially Deshaun Watson. And I think that the number three name there is Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's the number three guy out there if San Francisco wants to make that move, where I believe that they absolutely will. I can't imagine Jimmy Garoppolo lacing them up being a play away from the Super Bowl again on that magical run and having that locker room know what he can do standing next to Trey Lance. I-, I don't think you can do that. Not for team camaraderie. You cannot do that. All right, guys, let's take a quick timeout. Come on back. When we get back, lots more to do. Get into a little bit of NHL action. Yeah, we're going to get into the NHL, a little college basketball. And I want to finish up with the NFL. All that and more right after this, right here on Wagering Week. And now, back to Wagering Week with Tom Barton. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get to gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. You're on. Right. What are the odds? What are the odds? Oh, talking about Aaron Rodgers. And I do have the odds for where he will land his next team. And the odds are shifting by the day. But this is the updated odds. The Green Bay Packers are now... Minus two to one. The Denver Broncos are three to one, plus 350. San Francisco, eight to one. I told you there's a lot of San Francisco love coming on there. Pittsburgh, 12 to one. Indy, 12 to one. Tampa Bay, 14 to one. The Saints are 20 to one. The Titans are 20 to one. The Raiders, 22 to one. Miami, 25. Cleveland, 25. Carolina, 25. The Rams and Cardinals, 35 to one. And that is what are the odds? Now I read these odds sometimes, and I just go like who's what what are you talking about? Yeah you, you know, like who who's betting on some of these things the 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 Rams are we joking? <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, you know, you just went out there, you got Stafford, went to the Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl. Uh, you you're, the the Rams are thirty five to one you just burn your money. Arizona, I mean, I guess if you're believing this Kyler Murray nonsense, I, you're throwing that away. Uh, that's ridiculous, okay. So the other teams, so Carolina, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to Carolina. Hey, you might be able to win that division. I think he, he wants to go win a Super Bowl. Cleveland, you think he wants to go into a division with Joe Burrow, uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, with uh, you know the Cleveland Browns, perennially losers, no receivers. I mean, who is he going to throw to? Right? Is he throwing it? OBJ's gone. Jarvis Landry might be gone. They're a running team anyway. Nah, get out of here. He's not going to Cleveland. Miami 25-1. to Look, I thought there was a chance that he would go there, but again, uh, you know, they just kind of invested into Tua. One of their excuses was, you know, that F- uh, Brian Flores got fired because they wanted to bring in Deshaun Watson, um, and they said no, it was Tua. He's not going there either. The Raiders at 22-1, to the Raiders were a hot conversation for a while, and I do Las Vegas Radio and Las Vegas Radio, Radio's Report, and all of this, and... It was a hot topic for a little while there. For a hot second, it was the Raiders. Oh, let's talk Raiders. Um, they're not. They're not getting him. Tennessee has basically said no. No way. I think it would be I, to me. I think it would be a great situation for him. I think that that is the best situation. You have a running team, a running game, a good coach, a very winnable division. You have Brown. You have Julio Jones. To me, Tennessee makes a lot of sense. But they got Tannehill, and you're going to have to get out of that. The Saints, he's not going to the Saints. Um, and he's not following Brady in Tampa because it, there's no upside there. If he goes out there and he wins a Super Bowl with Tampa, they're going to go, yeah, well, it's a team that Brady built. Right? I mean, there's just no upside for him. So, you know, you don't want to follow the legend there. So now you got, you got the Colts at 12 to 1. I told you, look, that makes a lot of sense as well, just like the Titans. It's a winnable division. But the weapons offensively are not great. They still have to get rid of Carson Wentz. I I don't love that. Which brings up the big four. Green Bay, Denver, San Francisco, and Pittsburgh. I don't think that San Francisco is a big four. I think you're throwing your money away at eight to one odds. To me, it's a silly situation. Um, unless you're gonna trade Trey Lance and then if you're trading Trey Lance for Aaron Rodgers plus things, that then, then Green Bay's admitting that they, you know, are big fail with Jordan Love, and then you're taking a chance and kinda of rolling the dice with Trey Lance. I, I mean and you got to get rid of Garoppolo. You can't keep both of them. It's it's a mess. To me, it's the same three that it's been: Green Bay, Denver, Pittsburgh. I've said from the beginning. I think he leaves Green Bay. Um, I, I'm not laying two to one against Green Bay minus two hundred. No, I think Denver at three to one odds. I've even seen as high as plus three fifty. Make the most sense. But Pittsburgh would be the team that that I I, I just think Aaron Rodgers sort of gravitates to. I think Denver makes the most sense though. I, I can't take Green Bay. You can't get me to take Green Bay. No way. It's not happening. Um, just a little bit further to go in with the Kirk Cousins things, and then we're going to uh, move off of the NFL here. Um, the Panthers called about trading for Kirk Cousins. And, yeah, I mean, who who doesn't pick up the phone, <laughs> right? That um, They're saying that Kirk Cousins is going to have to take a pay cut in the final year. He's got a $45 million cap hit. Um, Cousins said, yeah, basically, uh, he doesn't want to take a cap hit. They brand. They got a brand new coach there. He did work with Washington in, in Washington with him early in his career. I don't know how much there is behind that, and that's that's not really something I'm overly kind of jumping on. The Mitch Trubinsky stuff. Uh, Jeremy Fowler earlier. ESPN said Jeremy Fowler earlier this week said that Washington, the Panthers, and the Giants all could be kind of looking at new Mitch Trubinsky. Trubinsky doesn't make a lot of sense, although he gets to reunite with Brian Dable the offensive coordinator that was his coordinator last year with the Bills, it makes sense a little bit if you don't believe Daniel Jones is the guy or you want to push him in camp. But I think Trubinski wants a starting job. You know, I mean, I think that's exactly what he wants. Same thing with uh, Jameis Winston, Jeremy Fowler also saying that um, the Saints are probably going to bring him back, probably be the guy in New Orleans. I've also heard Tampa being thrown around. Marcus Mariota. Makes a lot of sense. A lot of people are connecting him to the San Francisco 49ers. um, And potentially you're in a spot where, all right, if Garoppolo leaves the Niners, maybe, you know, that kind of running quarterback or maybe he gets a couple of starts. I'm also hearing Marcus Mariota going to Green Bay is picking up a little bit of speed. So that makes some sense there. Uh, Look, you know, this this offseason is not going to be about this big draft class and about these starting quarterback draft class that we're always so excited to talk about and so into talking about. It's not going to be about that, guys. It's just not going to be there. So it's going to be about where these big-name quarterbacks are deciding to move, and once those big-name quarterbacks decide to move, it's going to be where these secondary guys, and the secondary guys are going to be starters. I mean, there are a number of teams that are going to have new starting quarterbacks next year, and that does move the betting needle. You know, even if it's not on your team, and this is something I say with sports betting all the time, don't be short-sighted, right? Don't put blinders on. As sports betters, you know, don't put the the guards up from like a horse racer, right? Don't do that. Look at the whole picture. Remember when you went back and you learned how to drive, and they told you kind of scan the field, right? I, I know a lot of you guys are in the army. that, You know, they they told that that to us too. But when you, when you went to drive, scan the field. You're not only looking at the car in front of you, right? Look three cars ahead and see why that car is braking. And if you see brake lights three cars ahead, well, you start to slow down because your car is going to break, right? If you start to, you get to a stop sign or a stoplight, even if it's green, look to the right, look to the left. Somebody might be blowing a red light and you could save yourself that way, kind of get out of it. Scan the field here, guys. Because it's not only does this player move to this team and, well, it's no big deal. It could boost up teams in that conference, in that division, you can start to look at a schedule and say, oh, it's an easier front-edge schedule for me there. Oh, I might might want to do that. This is how a sports better makes money in that spot. is A sports better makes money because you go, okay, well, here's the situation. Look, right now, where it sits today, with current rosters today, the Chicago Bears are a third-place team. Detroit is a fourth-place team in the NFC North. But if Green Bay loses... Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Desaria Smith. And the Minnesota Vikings decide to start like a Kellen Mond because they trade away Kirk Cousins. That doesn't only impact the Green Bay Packers. That doesn't only impact Minnesota. And on a future turn, you're going, ah, nah, I'm not, you know, I don't like it. I didn't go one way or the other. No, I didn't like it. No, no, no. Now all of a sudden the Bears get a big boost up, don't they? Detroit gets a boost up. Easier schedule easier conference. And all of a sudden you go, wow, okay. not only can they make the playoffs, they they, they might get a home playoff game. These are the outliers that you got to look at the, the things that don't make a lot of sense on the surface, but sports betting, this is how we have to look at it. All right. Before we go into the NHL, which I did promise a lot of people, the NHL, we are going to get into the NHL, but before I go into that, I want to really touch on the NBA real fast. I know we talked about things at the All-Star break and whatnot. But a lot of things came out really over the weekend. And, um, you know, a a lot of questions were asked, and I know you guys sent some in over on Twitter and over on Facebook, about the Lakers. You know, do I believe that the Lakers are going to make a run here in the second half? Do I believe that the Lakers are that second-half team? Um, No, I don't. No, I absolutely don't. And now with LeBron, you know, know, chirping and going crazy, I— I don't think that LeBron is putting pressure on this team as much as he's putting pressure on himself. You know, LeBron decided in Westbrook was going to be the best for the team, where collectively we were all like, oh, no, 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 no. That, that's a bit... Uh, uh, LeBron. No, 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 LeBron. Bad situation. What are you doing? T- terrible spot. He forced the hand. He brought them on. You know, he brought on Westbrook. He, br- he made this team. LeBron made this team. And now it's failing... And LeBron's going, eh, I might go back to Cleveland. Uh, you know, eh, not the worst thing. Maybe maybe I'll head out. <laughs> right? Eh, maybe I'll head out of here. Um, You know, you kind of made your bet here, LeBron. You can kind of sit back and understand that what LeBron's doing is just typical LeBron, right? LeBron doesn't want accountability. When things get tough, LeBron runs away. I mean, this is his entire career. I mean, this is his entire career. But LeBron James, you know, has now has the pressure because he has to win with the team that he made or people like me are going to go, see, another failure. Right? See, another failure. Because LeBron is, is he's angry at the Lakers because they can't get rid of Westbrook because he brought in Westbrook. Right? I mean, he brought him in. Dude, let's not make any mistake about it. This was 100% LeBron. This was LeBron the GM. LeBron, the player, good player. LeBron, the GM, horrific. And that's what this was. This was LeBron, the GM. Okay? Then he goes out. So he's mad. He makes it known that, oh, mad at Westbrook. Oh, he's mad at Westbrook. Oh, yeah. You know, Well, not necessarily mad at Westbrook. He's mad that he's not out of town, right? He doesn't want to play with him anymore. And then Anthony Davis is is injured. Oh, now he's... So now LeBron's building in and baking in his excuses. You know, it's typical LeBron. It's everybody else's fault but mine. LeBron then comes out, why he decided to say this is beyond me, but LeBron then comes out and says, the door is not closed, quote-unquote, on a potential return to the Cleveland Cavaliers in his last season. You know, he wants to be playing with his son. That's what he he told the Athletic um, before Sunday's All-Star game. He wants to go back and play with his son. Right, he wants to play with his son, and he's now naming Cleveland. Right? I, I mean, come on this is I know that the game was in you know in Cleveland it's his eighteenth all-star game so this question you know when you start to talk about athletes there are some athletes that I just don't like but i re I respect there are some athletes that I don't that I don't like and I don't respect but I get it you know what they're 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 intelligent I just don't like them and then you have LeBron James, one of the least intelligent athletes i've I've ever encountered because what he spouts off and the things that he says and You had to know this question was coming. So either LeBron's a total moron, even more than I think he is, or the more realistic plausibility here is he wanted this to get out. I often think that athletes, celebrities, politicians, and and the like, they say things to get a reaction. They say things because they want things to get out. So LeBron James going back for his 18th All-Star game in Cleveland, you know, did, did you think no one was going to ask, have you entertained the thought about coming back to go? Did you think no one would? No, of course. And he's a very scripted guy. Not a lot of, you know, immediate thoughts come to his head. He's got to script this thing out. And he probably has a team of people. That's the sad thing. He probably has a team of dudes sitting around telling him what would be good for his ratio and his credit and his numbers and his appeal. This is what you say. Oh, that, this is the right way to think. He's probably getting fed all this stuff, and he still says things like this. Why would you do it? Now, he's got a two-year contract, $85 million. He signed in the middle of last season with the Lakers, right? So he's not going to be a free agent until after the 23-24 season. That would be his 21st year in the NBA, right? So he's got to finish out this year, finish out 22. Then he'll get into next season, which will be 22-23, Okay, so he's going to be on the Lakers for the rest of this disaster season, then all next year where he's still got to play with Davis and Westbrook and and this bunch. And then after that, he can go and become a free agent. Now, he signed $85 million a year for the deal for the next two years after all that. And after looking at if you're the Lakers giving this man $85 million to barely make the playoffs this year, maybe miss him, maybe miss him. Barely make the playoffs. Resculpture your team while you bring in an obvious terrible fit in Russell Westbrook. Hamper through, limp around. Oh, I'm hurt. I can't play. Uh, you know, all of the nonsense that comes with LeBron James. All the look at me. Oh, look at me, everybody. Nonsense that comes with LeBron. And then he says this the door's not closed on that, the potential return to Cleveland. I'm not saying I'm coming back. No, you have to set that right. Because I'm getting paid $85 million and I don't want to get nailed with a tampering charge. (laughs) Right? So he immediately said, I'm not saying I'm coming back and playing, but I don't know. I don't know what my future holds. I don't even know when I'm free. Okay. That's ridiculous. You do know, you know your contract. But again, here's the problem that I have. I want to treat LeBron James like I would treat every other athlete. I want to treat LeBron James like an intelligent athlete that is picking his spots for a future move, a chess move down the line, keeping his options open, potentially moving on. You know, John, John Harbaugh, I said, look, he's never leaving Michigan. You know, I mean, Jim Harbaugh, uh, he's never leaving Michigan. I thought he was using these interviews to do that. I, I would love to treat LeBron like that, but I've watched his career and I've watched things that he said outside of basketball, inside of basketball, how he treats people, how he's treated other, you know, coaches on his own team, players on his own team, players on opposing teams. I've watched all of it and I've continued to see he's not a smart man. He's just not a smart guy. So, I would love for him to say uh, to to judge him saying I'm so, I'm not saying I'm coming back and playing. I don't know. I don't know what my future holds. I don't even know when I'm free. I would love to judge that on, all right, he knew he kind of answered it wrong. Shouldn't have said it. doors not closed on that. He kind of wants us to say, hey, you never know. Kind of leave him dangling out there. But I don't know when I'm free. You don't know when your $85 million contract you know, closes out. I have a hard time believing that. But if there's one guy I believe that is that dumb, might be Le- LeBron James. I just think it was a stupid thing to say. Now, I get it. Look, he wants to play. He said, my last year will be played with my son. Okay? Wherever Bronny is at, that's where I'll be. First of all, you're taking a leap that he's going to the NBA, but okay. Wherever Bronny's at, that's where I'll be. I would do whatever it takes to play with myself for one year. It's not about the money at that point. Totally understandable. That's a commendable thing. It's a a goal to have. A lot of things have to fall. First of all, Bronny, got to get to the NBA. That's first. And, And... is LeBron James saying this? So somebody just drafts him and then goes, "Cool, we get to fill the stadium with LeBron." Hey, that's a good business plan. Gives Bronny money. You know, you don't need the money, give it to my son kind of thing, but I'll put butts in the seats. Draft him in the third round, the last pick, who cares? Doesn't matter. And maybe he's nudging Cleveland, "Hey man, you guys got to do me, you know, do me a solid. Get him back there." Maybe that's what what's going on. Very potentially. And maybe Bronny does make it. And Bronny's that guy. 6'3", point guard, playing high school basketball. He's ranked as the number 43 prospect. There's a lot of good there. He's eligible to be drafted in 2024. LeBron James will be 39 years old. There's a lot of potential. There's a lot of, yes, this can happen. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of me, for the first time in my entire life, rooting for LeBron. Because I think it's cool. I would love to play with my son right? I, I get play right alongside him, pass him the ball. That is a father's dream. This is the coolest thing. I want a roof for LeBron. But when you say moronic things, idiotic things like him, I have a hard time doing it. I have a really hard time. Not to mention a lot has to fall into place. Here's the reality. Number 43 prospect in ESPN for the 2023 class. Well, that's great. But he also has to go to college and he's got to be pr- productive in college. For anybody to sign him, or does he? See, one of the things that LeBron James is doing here is he's trying to prop up Bronny, but in propping up Bronny, he's bringing him down too, because Bronny will never know: did they sign me because they just want my dad to play with them, or did they sign me because I'm actually a good prospect? He's never never going to know that unless he goes to college and he absolutely dominates, right? And I was going to say under Coach K. Oh, that that, that stings. That's not going to happen. But unless he goes to college and he dominates under, you know, a Bill Self, and he, and he leads a team, and everybody, there's just no question about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this guy was going to be an oh, all-pro anyway as soon as he stepped on the court. No, he's bringing him down. But this goes back to the sports betting mindset is, what does this do to the Lakers? Well, I'm going back to the question that we were asked. I am not betting on the Lakers in the second half. I am not expecting some ridiculous Lakers run here. I'm not at all. Because the Lakers are in a position here, guys, where I have no confidence in this team. They're injured. They're banged up. They're not doing good. The Lakers now have internal problems with, you know, Westbrook isn't wanted on that team. And now LeBron's shouting out, yeah, I might go to Cleveland. Guys, I think it's a mess. An absolute mess. Some teams can win with messes. Right? The old book about the New York Yankees in the 70s and the Bronx do. You can win with messes. But more times than not, no, you cannot. And more times than not, you might get through like one year winning with a mess. But after that, it becomes a problem. So... I'm betting against the Lakers in the second half. I don't even know if they make the playoffs. Can they get to 500? Yeah, I guess they could, which is like a four-game, five-game improvement. That's okay. Yeah, if you want to squeeze it out. But I'm not even betting on that. I think the Lakers are in trouble. I think they're failing. And I think that the not only the immediate future, but I think the deep future looks very bleak for the Los Angeles Lakers, guys. And I'll be making money against them the entire time. Speaking of the future, let's go. To the future. We're sending you back to the future. Okay, all right. Bet Bet to the future. future. Bet to the future. We're talking a little NBA, and let's go bet to the future. What are the odds to win the future MVP? The MVP this year? Well, Joel Embiid, right before the All Star game, basically said, "Hey, I deserve it. Look, look, give it to me." I mean, he was up and screaming. And well, the sportsbooks kind of agree with him. He is the favorite at plus one twenty five. The Joker comes in at plus two sixty. Giannis. The Greek freak at four to one. Stephon Curry wins the MVP of the All Star game, but can he get Steph Curry uh, better odds than ten to one? Uh, ten to one is about where you're looking. John ja Morant at fourteen to one. DeMarco DeRozan at eighteen to one. Booker twenty two to one, and Doncic at thirty three to one. And that is bet to the future. I mean, I think it is Embiid's kind of to win here. You know, Doncic is a fun name, and and. Maybe Booker if he puts his team on his back with with the injuries. Eh, I don't think so. DeRozan's not going to get it. Morant, look if if Memphis somehow um, kind of overtakes the number one seed, he could do it at fourteen to one. But you have to believe, you know, they could overtake Phoenix. I, I, that's the problem. Curry at ten to one, he'll be a nice little favorite, but I don't think he's getting. It. I don't think they're going to give it to Giannis or Joker. I, to me, it's Embiid's. I know it's only—look, it, you're only getting back 125, okay? Uh, but I do think it's kind of Embiid's to lose here, and I think that the favorite's probably going to prevail. I know it feels like we're only halfway done, and they give the All-Star break and whatnot, but but we're a lot further along than I think people realize. Embiid's, get, Embiid's probably going to win, it. and he probably deserves to win it. All right, let's go to the NHL real quick, because I did this last week when we were talking about uh, the NBA and moving forward and, and who I, I see. Um Generally speaking, look, in the NHL, you're going to have to lay a lot of money, but you can win in a lot of spots. And you think about just the amount of money that you have to lay on the big heavy favorites. If they're playing in certain spots, and it's usually at home, um, you, you load up, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Look, the Florida Panthers this week, they lost as a 220 favorite at home, but it was only the fourth time all year they lost. They're 23-4 at home. Just to give you an idea, let's say they were minus... 3-1 to every game, which they're not. They're minus 300 every home game. Well, their real record then would be 23-12. You're still making a lot of money, and they're not. They're closer to almost 2-1, to which is like 23-8. You're making a boatload of money. Same thing with a Tampa Bay, 16-4-4, right? Uh, Tampa Bay is another team. You're making a boatload of money specifically at home when they are in that position at home. You do have the other side of the coin, the Montreal Canadiens. Right, four and sixteen away. Four and sixteen guys. Even if you were getting plus three hundred on all four of those games, you're still only twelve and sixteen. At, you know, you're still losing money. So, I like to bet on the good teams at home. Teams like Carolina, who's 17, 4 and two at home. That's a good home team to bet again uh, on. To bet against. Philly and Jersey away, seven wins a pop over the Western Conference. Obviously, Colorado, 21-3-2. and I know they're going to be inflated lines, but they just don't lose at home. They just flat out don't. I mean, this is a dominating home team that you could bank on. The Minnesota Wild, they may be in third place in this conference, but they're 16-4-1 at home. They are just a bankable home we're just, just team. Here's a team that you bet against at home: the Arizona Coyotes, six and 18 at home. How about Calgary? We're going to get into them in a moment. But the Calgary Flames absolutely making everybody money when they are at home. Seattle doesn't matter when they're home or away, but away they only have seven wins total away. So there are certain spots. To kind of jump on certain teams. And I do think that the cream rises to the top. Specifically here in the NHL. Where I think that Florida is going to continue to make us money. And anybody that's listened to me. Has known since the beginning of the year. um, Two years in a row I gave the Tampa Bay Lightning to win the championship. We made money. This year I gave the Florida Panthers to win. At 18 to 1 odds. So I am fully on board with them. I don't think that the wheels are falling off anytime soon. And you look at Florida leading the league in goals for it. 2-12. Tampa Bay is still going to be right up there. Toronto with 179 points. Offenses are leading the charge, specifically in the Eastern Conference, right? Carolina's at 176. You you look at some teams that I'm looking at in the second half, and I'm going, the Rangers might be a second-half team, right? The Rangers right now have only played 23 home games. They may be a second-half team because they dominate so much at home. They should have a nice little home slate coming up. So there are certain teams, I do believe that Columbus is probably better than their record. Obviously, the Islanders are streaking in the right direction. So there are some teams I'm going to be looking at that might be on overvalued or undervalued. And in this case, I think Buffalo is going to fall off the map. Look, Buffalo's played 51 games, okay? They have 40 points. That's bad, but it's not atrocious. I, I mean, it really isn't. It's not pathetic. It's not Montreal Canadiens 29, right? And I think that Buffalo is going to kind of take a step back here, and you're going to start to see them, you know, not looking so good. Uh, that's an easy one to kind of say, but I do. I think that Buffalo, I don't know if they, they surpass Montreal, who's the worst team in the league, but they're not good. Speaking of Montreal, Montreal overs are an absolute thing to watch out for. They let up 197 goals against, that's 17 more goals against than anybody else in the league. Go to the Western Conference, Colorado. Their offense is phenomenal. It's the second-best offense in the league at 199. All right, we take a look at that. Well, who can we bet against? Well, Arizona's at 186. Uh, the Seattle Kraken's at 190. This is a point against. They're just go that. there. If you're looking at, you know, you don't want to, this is a, a, a situation I like to do in, in the NHL. If I'm going to take the Panthers or the Avalanche, for example, and I'm going, you know, I'm going to take them, and I'm gonna throw. Let's just say I'm gonna throw 100 bucks. On them. I'm gonna throw 100 bucks on them. But I don't love, you know, taking the Avalanche or the Panthers minus 250 in this spot. Just for 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 that. Well, you know what? I'll take 50 bucks on that. I'll take 50 bucks on the over. And the chances are, if they win, they're probably going to go over because of their goals for and against. Or you take a team total. If you get a team total at three and a half on one of these two, even a four. You might want to jump on top of that. Look at the Florida Panthers and what they've done just recently. Okay. You don't see too many four team totals out there. It's usually three, three and a half. Okay. They put up four this week in a loss, five, a six before that. A couple of games where they, they didn't have great scoring before that, an eight, a five, a four, a one, a five. This is what they're doing. So you can kind of counter that when you're in a betting perspective when you're talking about the NHL. A lot of people default to the, you know, the puck line. And they default to the goal line and they go, all right, minus one and a half bucks. I don't like that. I don't like it in baseball either, the run line. If I'm going to do that, I'll rather just go over and, you know, take my chances that I'm looking for a double play there rather than get, you know, creative. And I'm kind of looking for an over or a team total over. And it's the same thing when I'm betting against. If you don't like, you know, Arizona and you go, man, I don't like Arizona. They're playing a good team, um, but, but I don't want to lay 325 to bet against Arizona. Well, why not just bet the over? Because if Arizona's going to get crushed, which you think that they're going to get crushed, eh, you know what? Go there. Now, Arizona, I get it. They don't score a lot, but that's a team to look at. Seattle, same kind of thing. They just cannot see, seem to just put anything in front of the net. I mean, it's a, it's a bad situation. A couple over-unders that I want to take a look at in certain spots here. And these are in certain spots that we could kind of look back and you can make money on. The LA Kings away are 9 and 15 to the under. The Senators, 9 and 17 at home. The Panthers, like I said, 19 and 7 to the over at home. That's phenomenal. Panth- uh, the Predators, 18 and 9 to the over on the road. That's something to pay attention to. Uh, the Blue Jackets, 16 and 8, 16 and 9, one of the best over teams in the league. Depending on where their home or away doesn't matter. The Canucks seven and sixteen to the under at home. That's something that you want to pay attention to. You can certainly make money there. The Flyers sixteen and nine to the over at home. Nine and fifteen to the under on the road. Very very different team when they leave their home building. The Wild seventeen and four to the over at home. Twelve and thirteen to the under on the road. When they are at home, they score all day, bet the over all day. When they're on the road, you can't make money. The Sharks 8 and 16 to the under on the road. The Rangers 8 and 15 and 9 and 17. They are an under team. Potentially the best under team out there. Doesn't matter home or away. The Devils 16 and 8 to the over when they are on the road. Eight and fifteen to the under are the stars on the road. Twelve and thirteen to the under, so they're an under team too. Just I like them better on on the road. Here's a really interesting one: the Tampa Bay Lightning are ten and fourteen to the under at home. They play real good unders at home. Seventeen and eight to the over on the road. So if you got the Lightning on the road, take the over. You got the Lightning at home, you're going under. Um, you go to the Seattle Kraken. We talked about their ability. To to just not be able to stop anybody. Well, 18 and nine to the over at home, not so much on the road. Seattle goes on the road; they're only 13-11, right? So it, it it's a two-game split. You don't want to do that. At home is where you're looking. The Islanders, one of the best under teams in the league, 17 unders to only six overs at home, but they're 11 and 10 away. Again, home dominance in a lot of these spots is what you're really looking for in the NHL. Home dominance is something you need to pay attention to when you're really talking about the NHL this year. Um, I do think that there are spots here in the NHL where the lines makers are scaring you away. Now you can get burned. If you were blindly betting the Panthers, which I was at home consistently throughout the year, you got burned this week. You lost a 220 favorite this week against the predators at home, but it was only fourth time. You've had to endure that all year long. Right? So If you're consistent and you pick your spots and you pick your teams and you ride those teams, riding either very, very good teams or very, very bad teams has been a moneymaker in the NHL for the last three or four years. For me specifically, I am crushing it in the NHL. And people kind of ask me, you know, why? Why all of a sudden, Tommy? Because I did go through a couple of years there where I was about 500. I almost gave up on the NHL completely. And I just couldn't get my head wrapped around. I said, you know, I'm doing it. I'm walking away. And I was hitting 52%. And then one year I hit 49%. I was right there about 50%. And right before the shutdown, right? uh, The year before the shutdown, I I reevaluate things. And I basically said that. I said, look, I'm going to look at the elite teams in each conference. And I'm going to look at. The awful teams in each conference. And I know the lines are going to be inflated, but I calculated if you're able to pull it out and you're able to stay within yourself and the home and road splits are really big and your home and road splits, when you're talking about over and unders, you can find pockets where the lines are still there. You may have to swallow a minus 220 favorite. Yeah, you're going to have to do that. Okay. Um, But that's okay. I do the same thing with baseball. I don't mind Swallowing a huge, fan. I don't mind taking Corbin Burns against the Pittsburgh Pirates fifth starter, laying you know minus two seventy on a Tuesday afternoon in Milwaukee. Now, I don't mind laying that number. Now I may lose that, right, and I may lose that you know twice out of ten times, which me- means I have a small margin of victory. But but chances are, it's not even going to happen that much. I remember I was in an article and and people kind of blasted me because I said. In a Gaming Today article years and years ago, I said, you know, Clayton Kershaw, I'm going to bet every single game that he, he plays this year. Because I, I thought he was going to have a phenomenal year. I picked him for the Cy Young. I bet on him. I went out there. I said, I'm going to bet every single one. And the reporter basically asked me, well, what if it's a huge line? right? What, what if Clayton Kershaw's got a huge line? I said, I don't care. I don't care. I'm betting it no matter what. And a lot in the, the community kind of bashed me. Well, he went 21-3 and that year. <laughs> All right? The Dodgers barely lost when he was on the mound. I took some hard knocks. Look, it, it stinks when you get a loss where you're laying 250 or more. I And and that's, uh, ooh, ooh, that one stings. You got to win three games to kind of go back to even. That stings. But when you're talking about elite teams and elite spots like the Panthers at home, like Colorado at home, um, or, or you're going against like Montreal on the road or Seattle on the road, if you're going in that direction, you're okay. And if you really want to make the money and not have to lay the big price – Go with the over-unders. There are specific numbers, and that's why I want to talk about the over-unders here and, and, and the totals. There are specific times and specific numbers. You could really crush it. And you could really do really well. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed. Next time we talk, we're going to get real deep into college basketball. It's going to be right upon the edge of March. I'm Tom Barton for Wagering Week. We'll be back, and you can bet on that.